you. Thank you so much. Uh, that was so beautiful. Also, there are just so many more people here who have faithfully finished all their chapel credits and are just here by choice than I expected. So thank you guys, that is just amazing. Um, we are so close to the end, uh, 20 days. 20 days till graduation, right? Yes, uh, 20 days till freedom, right? Or perhaps 20 days till the daunting unknown for some of you. 20 days till you might not have to share a room, 20 days till home cooking, till sleeping in, 20 days till you're free from studying and deadlines, unless you're taking a May term, sorry. 20 days um, till you get to work on your tan, right? Yeah. And maybe for some of you, though, it's 20 days until um, a challenging summer job or challenging home situation. So 20 days feels even more daunting. But what do we want to do with these 20 days? How do we want to live in these 20 days? And so before we dive in, would you guys just pray with me? Lord, thank you so much for this day. Thank you for this year. Uh, many of us are in this room and we're running on fumes. We're tired and we're ready to be done. So would you meet us in this place and encourage and lift us up? Lord, would you just strengthen our hearts, our minds, our bodies? Would you give us wisdom and joy and endurance in these next 20 days and beyond? Amen. In the last few days, and for many, some of the last few weeks, the desire to be done is a common feeling. We're weary and exhausted, and you're not sure how it's all going to get done. I know that even just last night, I was like, I'm just so done. <laughs> and I know you've uttered those words as well. And it makes sense. I mean, you've devoted nine months to this place, going to classes, writing papers, studying for tests, trying to cultivate relationships, trying to get along with people who are different than you, going to athletic practices day after day. You might have come in with some goals and expectations, and you find yourself feeling fairly disappointed, maybe that many of those didn't come to fruition. Classes might be going differently than you hoped. Maybe you didn't find your people or the friend group that you were told that you'd get when you come to college. Maybe you poured yourself out on your hall, you pursued friendships, and you feel like you've been let down or hurt by a lack of mutual pursuit. It makes sense that you feel tired and worn out. It makes sense that you wanna be done. The desire to have a break and have some reprieve is normal and understandable. That is why we have summer break. I would not be in this job if we didn't have summer break. <laughs> but we still have 20 days. And my question is, how do we wanna finish this year? And I think a lot of us have heard the encouragement or the pep talk of finish well. I know that I've used it, but as I've been reflecting and talking with others, I think sometimes this idea of finishing well implies that we have to feel good and successful in the end in order for it to be well. And I think that sometimes we feel this temptation to check out when things aren't going well or when the hope of things going well feels like a lost cause. So instead, Lately, I've been asking myself, what does it look like for me to finish this year faithfully? What does it look like to finish faithfully, particularly when things aren't going perfectly well or going according to expectations? And you might be sitting here thinking, Hannah, I've got nothing left. I'm not even asking how to finish well or faithfully, I'm just hoping to finish. 
and I honestly hear you. My desire is not to add to your plate, but rather my desire is for you and I to finish this year with encouragement, with hope, with resilience, and with a perspective that allows us to look back and to see where God has worked and is continuing to work. If you look at Proverbs 3, 3 through 4, it tells us, let not steadfast love and faithfulness forsake you. Bind them around your neck, write them on a tablet on your heart, so you will find favor and good success in the sight of God and man. My hope is that you would reap the benefits and blessings of faithfulness before God and man, and that collectively we would grow in his likeness, especially in our endings. And I think we have to start with the reminder first that God is faithful. The Lord sees you in your weariness. He loves you, and he's not going to leave you and forsake you. And when we look to him and we lean on him, when we desire faithfulness, he is going to help us. He's not asking us to do this alone. And so I want to emphasize three things that I think have been just particularly encouraging for me, convicting for me, and hopefully for you as well. And so when I look at the question of what does it look like to finish faithfully, I want to start with we need to remember that faithfulness is not the same as perfection. Faithfulness is not the same as perfection. Like I mentioned earlier, I think sometimes we have, this, we have this idea that in order for something to end well, things need to be perfect. Or in order to look back and feel like I was faithful, all needs to be tied in this nice little bow. Maybe you feel the same pressure. You need to have perfect grades. All your friendships need to be mutually delightful and rich. You need to have PR'd in your sport. We need to have achieved all of our goals and expectations. And we become so fixated on perfecting our expectations or meeting the end goal that we have our mindset that we become easily disappointed when things veer or we miss out on blessings and opportunities because they're not in our line of sight. I had goals and expectations of what I wanted this year to be like. I had personal, professional goals. I had ideas for my building and what I wanted it to be. And a lot of those goals did not come to fruition. But it didn't mean the Lord didn't work. It didn't mean that he didn't bless and grow me, that he didn't build community and actually worked despite my weaknesses and not being able to do all of those things. And I think perfectionism is actually a hindrance. And I think it actually manifests itself in often two different ways. On one end of the spectrum, we have the perfectionist who studies, right, endlessly, 12 hours for one exam, killing themselves for that A. And their expectations of what friendship should look like at the end of the year are sometimes unattainable. And they often feel let down and disappointed by those who can't meet those ideals. And I get it. I honestly probably identify more with this end of the spectrum. I relate. I'm working on another master's degree right now. And I remember a couple years ago, I was studying for this exam so hard. I think I spent 15 hours in one day studying for one exam. I was anxious, I was stressed out, I was definitely more worried about the grade than I was learning about the content. I stayed up till like 2.30 a.m. studying, and I woke up to take the exam and I felt so sick. I had made myself sick from stress and worry. I had to miss out on other important meetings because I felt so sick. And for some of you, you might have a similar propensity of perfectionism. We have to get that good grade. We have to prove ourselves. And I think some of us need to learn the difference between seeking perfection and seeking to do something with faithfulness and care. Sometimes we need to be okay with just doing our best, 
it's still balancing our personal well-being and with our schoolwork, maybe sleeping a little, eating, being with a friend. This is not license to neglect studying diligently. Um, while some of you need to hear that it is okay if you don't get an A, I think there might be some of you that need to study a little bit more. <laughs> maybe say no to that five hours of spike ball or staying up till 1, 1 a.m. at cookout run in order to do a little bit of studying. And that brings me to this other side of the spectrum of perfectionism that can also manifest itself, not just in this overachievement, but sometimes perfectionism can lead to this procrastination and to neglecting to try. My husband, Casey, gave me full permission to use him as an example. In fact, he told me to use him as an example. And he shared that for him, although amazing and rugged and talented as he is, his words, <laughs> um, sometimes has this perfect idea of how something should be done or turn out, that if he knows that it won't be perfect, he doesn't even want to try. Or he procrastinates till the very last minute so that if it's not perfect, it's not on him. I think I do this as well, but he doesn't want. Um, and I think in this type of perfectionism, faithfulness might look like releasing your ideals and pushing through in order to steward what you've been called to do. And when we pursue faithfulness over perfectionism, we hold our expectations loosely. We take more risks, we try for the sake of growth and development, and we fight the fear of failure. Because, guys, perfectionism is actually the enemy of faithfulness. And this is hopeful for us. Because finishing faithfully doesn't mean that we have to do more, to be more, to have more. Jesus was perfect so that we don't have to be, right? In Hebrews 12:1, we see that it is in his perfect sacrifice that we are called to lay aside every weight of sin, perfectionism and apathy, so that we can run the race before us with our end goal being Jesus, not our ideals and our expectations. Finishing faithfully allows us to do the next right thing, to do what we're called to do, to give it our best, and to entrust him with the outcome. Faithfulness is not the same as perfection. Number two, what does it look like to finish faithfully? It looks like seeking to love others instead of seeking self-fulfillment. Seeking to love others over seeking self-fulfillment. And as I dive into this point, I want to specifically address maybe those who are reflecting on the end of this year and you feel a little disappointed as to where your friendships and community are. Maybe you feel like you have poured out and pursue others and you're ending the year not feeling the same pursuit in return. And you might feel really hurt and perhaps feel the temptation to stop trying and to just give up. And I, I wanna say, that's really hard. Like, that disappointment and that hurt makes sense. It's hard to feel lonely and weary from trying and not always feeling like it's mutual or reciprocated. It's a created desire to want to be pursued and cared for by others. Something I was thinking about this past Easter was that feeling of pouring out, of pursuing, of working tirelessly for it all to end with very little in return might very well be a glimpse into what Jesus experienced at the end of his time here on earth. Jesus's life was marked by selfless love for others 
particularly in those three years of ministry where he poured out himself to others. He healed the sick, fed the hungry, spoke truth all the time, invited his disciples into friendship and partnership, who often disappointed and misunderstood him. He was patient and loving, and yet he was betrayed, and he was crucified. Some of the very people he showed love and compassion to turned their back on him, and they gave him up. But he forgave them. He sacrificed himself so that we might know the love of Jesus. Christ could have died and been like, well, these people don't want me. I'm done. I'm out. But instead, he came back to life, back to the very place and people who put him to death so that they might know the love of Jesus. Instead of cutting out and canceling those who did not pursue him in return, he sought to love and to bless them. To show them the love of Jesus, he did not force anyone into friendship with him, but he remained faithful, and he loved them for the sake of the Father, instead of his own self-fulfillment. And I do want to acknowledge, that's hard, right, to do. There, there are moments, I'll just give a caveat, that we have to exercise wise boundaries, engage in hard conversations when we're hurt or mistreated. There are those intense situations that require space. I hear all of that. And so for this, I really want to focus on that idea of what is finishing faithfully when your friendships are just not as mutual or fulfilling and you feel disappointed. Right now, the world wants to tell you that if you don't feel satisfied by your friends or they aren't pursuing you to the degree that you're pursuing them, that you should just look out for number one and move on. To look inside yourself. Don't put forth the effort to those who don't deserve it. And I just have to tell you that this ideology will never deliver, nor is it Christ-like. If we take a moment to even just think about it, right, if this desire in us to be genuinely pursued, engaged in meaningful friendship, if that's what we desire, it's rarely going to occur by cutting people off or giving the silent treatment or being passive-aggressive, whatever it is. Usually, it's going to move somebody more away from you than towards you. Or if they do move towards you, it might be out of obligation rather than genuine freedom and enjoyment. But if we take a moment to acknowledge the desire for mutual friendship, right? If you can surrender and entrust that to the Lord, because it's a fair and human desire, right? You are created for relationship. But if you can shift your perspective and your heart to actually desire to love, over just seeking to be fulfilled, a desire to bless others over being blessed, to serve over being served, you might find more joy and freedom from being obedient to Christ than you will by just checking out. The desire to put your head down and just take care of yourself can feel really appealing, especially at the end of the year when you're weary, maybe dissatisfied, and perhaps things are just one-sided in friendship. I get it. But we're not designed to experience true rest and relational fulfillment by turning inward, right? We are designed to look out and to love others. We're designed to obey and to experience the blessing of the greatest commandment, which is to love God and others. I often wonder, like, if we were all loving God and seeking to love others, perhaps none of us would feel unloved, right? Like, we wouldn't have to be so worried about making sure we're taken care of because other people would be looking out for us. And I know we're in a broken world, right? It doesn't always work that way, but it doesn't mean God's design is broken. 
you and your love for others matters. It makes a difference, and you are part of healing this broken world. There might be someone near you who feels weary, who feels lonely, who feels unseen, and you could be someone who sees them, who shows kindness, who asks how they are, who prays for them, who reminds them that they are loved by Jesus and worthy of friendship. You could look back on this year and feel justified for checking out because you tried and didn't see a lot in return. Or you could look back knowing that you were faithful to others, that you sought for even just a little ways to bless them, to show kindness and obedience to Christ. And you entrusted him with the outcome. And I know it's not easy, but I really believe it's worth it. My third and final encouragement for finishing faithfully is to continue faithfully. Don't give up and don't give in. This might seem redundant to this idea of finishing faithfully, but we can finish a lot of things while at the same time giving up mentally and emotionally and spiritually and giving in to apathy or selfishness. I know that I can. But faithfulness is a call to holistic fidelity and perseverance, even when the year ends with disappointments. When we fight to stay present, to not check out, we actually build resilience and strength. But the motivation has to become, has to be beyond our own self-power and self-will. The desire has to come from knowing our purpose and our impact. You and I were made with purpose. We're made with the purpose to bring the kingdom here on earth and to be living reminders of the gospel to each other. And this can happen in the small and mundane, even when we're weary and we want to be done. We can honor a professor by engaging in that class till the very last day. We can love a friend by just simply asking how their day was or praying for their finals. We can go to the Lord even when we're spiritually drained and ask him for strength and look to his word for fulfillment because that actually proclaims our dependence upon him. We can bring the kingdom here on earth even in those small and tangible ways. And honestly, I think we will experience joy and fulfillment when we live out of our purpose. The enemy wants to make you feel insignificant and that your presence and engagement doesn't really matter or make a difference. But it does. You matter. You have an impact on others. And I know it is sometimes easier to mentally disengage. It's easier to not care. And sometimes we convince ourselves that checking out will ease the pain of disappointment. But it won't. And I think there is no better way to illustrate this than pickleball. Uh, the other day, Casey and I were playing pickleball, and I was losing, which doesn't happen often. But on this day, Casey was having an extraordinary day, and I found myself getting a little defensive and huffy. He scored point after point, and I kind of just started to get sloppy, and I just didn't really want to try. I somehow convinced myself that I was salvaging my dignity by giving up and not trying. And after the game, we were driving home rather quietly, and I realized that I didn't just make the game miserable for myself, but I made it miserable for Casey. I not only robbed him of the joy of the rare occasion of winning, <laughs> I burdened him with the weight of my own bad attitude. But when I stay in the game, when I don't give up or give in to my selfish pride, I bless somebody else, and I actually learn from my mistakes. I can build skills, I consider others, I honor them. 
persevering and continuing faithfully, it leads to growth and strength, and it blesses others. And lastly, how we continue on when things conclude is just as important as you began, if not more impactful. How we end matters, right? And how you continue from this year matters. Again, it doesn't mean perfection. We're gonna make mistakes, we're human, right? Ask for forgiveness and grow. But we're kind of fooling ourselves if we think we can finish however we want and it has no impression. How we end leaves a mark, right? It has an impact and it's typically remembered than how we begin. What makes Jesus so incredible and impactful is not just his life and the beginning of his ministry, but it was that he was faithful to the end and continues to be faithful. Jesus' ministry on earth came to an end quite differently than everyone expected. And I can imagine there was some disappointment and some pain. But he didn't just die and ditch us. He didn't lose heart or give in to self-fulfillment. He lived a sacrificial life to the end. And he died, but he came back because he loved us. And he continues to pursue us so that we might continue faithfully with him. Pray with me. Lord, I ask that you would be with us in these next 20 days. We need your strength, your grace, and help to finish faithfully, Lord. Would you be with each of these students? Help us to seek faithfulness over perfection, to love others over self-fulfillment, and to continue in faithfulness and persevere. Amen.